Welcome to another episode of the Hat Collecting Talk Show, the show where we talk about the many different metaphorical hats that people wear in their lives, because no one does just one thing and everyone has a story. And on this show, we share those stories. I am your host, Lacey Artemis, a creative Jill Bunny Trades, and I am joined today by Romina Kwong, who is a bookworm, a travel addict, an adrenaline junkie, and the founder and lead consultant of Eco-Friendly Events. Romina's, pro- Romina's pronouns are she and her. Welcome to Hat Collecting, Romina. Thanks, Lacey. It's nice to be here. Yes. Um, so uh, the first question that we start up with here as an icebreaker is, where did you grow up? I grew up in Mississauga, so 20 minutes away from downtown Toronto. Yes, the majority of my guests uh, have been uh, locals. I'm still working on getting a bit more uh, diversity there, but uh, I mean, interesting people live everywhere. So (laughs) another question that I I ask as a sub-question to that is, do you think that uh, growing up in Mississauga had any lasting influence on you that is still um, really present to this day? I don't know other than like, I don't ever want to live in the suburbs again. Like I'm such a city person and I prefer to walk and cycle everywhere. And I think that obviously has something to do with being more eco-friendly, but um, yeah, I just love being in the hustle bustle of the city. I am right there with you. I also <laughs> grew up in suburbs and every time I go back, I'm just like, I don't want to have to have a car to get anywhere. <laughs> yeah. To like go to the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like downtown Toronto is very walkable, which I very much appreciate. Um, yeah. So we're going to take this moment to do a brief land acknowledgement. Uh, Toronto or Tecoronto is located on the traditional unceded territory of the Mississaugas of the New Credit First Nations, the Huron-Wendat, the Haudenosaunee Confederacy, and the Anishinaabe. This is a dish with one spoon treaty territory. We are uninvited visitors on this land. To learn more about that and to find out about the native peoples of your uh, region, you can go to native-land.ca, which uh, despite the .ca actually does cover the entire world and not just Canada. So that is a nice, easy place to get started. And we do hope that you continue your learning journey from there. Uh, the next question here, uh, not so much, I guess question, yeah, it's uh, how, uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the things that you do and how you got into them? Yeah, I guess I'll give you a little bit of like background in history. So I did a degree in environmental studies and then got really confusing and wasn't sure what I wanted to do with it. And I found that there was a ton of research jobs that just seemed really boring, kind of like the suburbs. And uh, I just wasn't really into it. And then I actually ended up being um, a bridesmaid for a friend's wedding. And I was like, oh, maybe events. And so I went back to school for event management. And then while I was in school, in my internship and just volunteering, there's just so much waste in the events industry and nobody was really doing anything about it. So rather than waiting for somebody to do it, I just decided to start my own business and do something. I've heard stories like that before. A lot of times, uh, you know, just, just identifying being in a, in a position and then unexpectedly noticing something. I'm like, I'm going to do something about that. So yeah. uh, kudos to you for that. Cause I mean, we definitely need more things uh, to be, uh, you know, greened and, and uh, cleaned up. So. Yes, um, thanks, Lizzie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what, uh, as a sub question to that, what would you say is uh, in your experience, uh, I, one of the biggest misconceptions about uh, what you do in the, the eco-friendly space? I think I'm going to switch that around. And I don't think there's 
like a ton of misconceptions other than they just don't, nobody knows what I do really. Um, there's not a lot of people doing what I'm doing. And so it's just that first barrier is what is it that I do? Um, and I guess one misconception is that I plan eco-friendly events and that's not what I do. I consult. So I work with event planners and event organizers to help them reduce the impact. So they focus on the planning and I focus on the sustainability. Very nice. Yeah, that's uh, that. That makes sense. That you know, when you when you event is in the title of your thing, people are like, oh, you run events, and um, yeah. So that's. I see. I just. I, I love. <laughs> I, again, as I was saying, kind of off air, that uh, my favorite things about this show are just the things when I learn something a little bit unexpected. So that was kind of the first one for me on this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> So if we go all the way back now, I like to ask my guests, uh, when you were a child, do you remember what you wanted to be or to do when you grew up? Yes, I wanted to be Michelle Kwan. I wanted to be an Olympic figure skater and um, kept failing one of the levels. And that's when I quit skating, actually. But for a long time, I wanted to be her. <laughs> hmm. And do you do you still skate uh, like recreationally? I still skate recreationally, so I bought a used pair of skates um, a number of years ago, and every winter I get them sharpened and uh, go skating from time to time, but I cannot do any jumps or <laughs> anything like that. To be, to be honest, actually, like, I've been, uh, like, I've had a passing interest in, in figure skating for a long time. I'm like, I wonder if I could actually learn how to do any of those moves, because I played hockey briefly when I was younger and it's like, it was only ever on like rollerblades. I did ice skate a little bit, but yeah. most blades and I know it's not the same thing. So, um, but yeah, one day I'm like, I want to try, I want to at least try one day. So, so I did once when I was in university, I took lessons like figure skating lessons and I was trying this very like simple jump. So you like turn and then you like jump and then you turn like, turn around and um I was like practicing and practicing and then I ended up landing on my ribs like it was just like a sudden fall and so since then I've kind of just quit it altogether with the chunks yeah I mean that that's a good tip if I ever do go to do it I guess I'll make sure to wear some like torso padding. or put your hands down I don't know why I did it I just landed on my ribs yeah, no, that's fair. I uh, did recently try uh, quad roller skates again for the first time in like 20 years. And uh, the balance on those is different, different than the balance on, on inline skates. And uh, I was surprised at how quickly I took to it. But at first it was very like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I hear you on that. Um, yeah. So uh, the next question here. Um, this centers around the idea that that we often hear that people are supposed to have had their lives figured out by the time that they're 30, which a lot of people don't. Um, and so I like to ask instead, as a more, more revealing, more insightful uh, answer potentially, at what age were you when you kind of got onto like the path that you felt was the one that you wanted to follow at least for a while? Um, I feel like it changed throughout. I feel like I like knew what I wanted to do in the environment realm and world from like 
very young, actually, um, based on like a number of competitions that I entered through like Energy Star and stuff like that. So I knew from like grade four that I wanted to do something like in the environment. It kind of always trended in my life. Um, But then it was like I finished my degree and I was just like lost and confused. Um, And I feel like while I was lost and confused, it was kind of like one of those journeys where I was traveling abroad and um, really figured out like actually like I don't that's when it clicked when I was like, I'm not going to be doing something that is normal or like the thing that people normally do. Um, And so I feel like it's just been a learning journey since like, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing, quote unquote. Um, But I think, yeah, right now it's like, I, I know that I'm on the journey that I'm supposed to be on and like, I'm just going with it. Yeah, I, I should have prefaced that uh, that not having figured it out yet is like a totally acceptable Option, answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, like I'm sure that you're you're very happy with the, with your company that you've started and that you want to keep doing that for a while. Um, but like, yeah, it's totally a thing that people change their minds multiple times through their life and they end up on several different paths. I'm on probably like my fifth different path, um, (laughs) or, or rather one really Really long long path that took about a decade to, 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 um, wrap up. But, um, yeah. And I guess another question I've kind of got it like tacked on here in the, in the margin of my show notes is, uh, if I said like. Uh, if you said, I wish I'd known X when I was just getting out into the world after school, what might that be? How hard it is to actually get a job in the field that you studied. Everyone, I feel like, has this, like, misconception. My sister's in her, like, third, fourth year of university, and that's her vision right now. And I was like, I don't, I can't wait till you learn about this lesson. <laughs> that is very true. And I think that's part of why a lot of people in like our generation have like, I know a lot of my friends and peers have gone back to college or university at least once after the first time, because yeah, they just like, okay, no, that wasn't quite it. Or that industry just isn't, isn't right. Like it's not good enough right now or whatever. So yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, So the next question here, we talk about self-care because it's something that has become more of a thing, I think for like, our generation. And I'm assuming that like, we're close to the same age. Um, maybe I shouldn't. <laughs> um, I, I, everyone tells me I look really young. I think you look quite young too. So like, I don't we'll know. We'll just but. pretend we are. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, but yeah, for, for like kind of our generation and like generations kind of coming up uh, behind us, um, it's, it's being more, uh, acknowledged that we do need to like take care of ourselves. We do need to be gent- more gentle with ourselves and, Um, So self-care doesn't have to just be fancy, expensive things. It can be really small stuff. And so um, for you, what was the last act of self-care you did for yourself, no matter how small it was? Um, So I try to practice something every day, um, especially around mindfulness. And it's sometimes as simple as paying attention to when I'm making my coffee in the morning. So that I'm grinding the coffee, that I'm boiling the water. So I definitely did that this morning. And then I also spent some time reading. Um, so yeah, definitely that's where the bookwormness comes out is in the morning. I find I have the most energy to pay attention to a book that I'm reading and I get the most done and taking that time for myself before I start my day and be that entrepreneur. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, 
that's something I need to work on for myself. I need to improve my morning routine. <laughs> uh, I have a bad habit of getting out of bed and going straight onto the computer for like the first two hours of the day. And my brain is rarely happy with it yeah. <laughs> at the end of that. Um, but this morning I actually got up and I went for a walk first and that felt really good. So hopefully I can uh, start doing that a bit more. Um, but yeah, the next question, uh, this show is about learning. And so I like to ask, what was the last new thing that you learned, whether it was a skill or like a piece of information? And what is something else that you would still like to learn? I feel like that's such a tough question. I feel like I'm always learning. Um, I guess re recently what I learned is I'm also like obsessed with houseplants. Um, and so I have a ton and I recently learned that you actually need to shower them once in a while. So they collect dust on the leaves and stuff like that. And you actually have to shower them or wipe down their leaves so that they can still absorb sunlight and energy. Um, so that was really cool to learn. And I always want to learn more about anything and everything. So even you message, um, mentioning the after the land acknowledgement, I'm like, I'm going to head to that website <laughs> and like read about it. Um, I just feel like there's just a never ending library of things to learn about. That is absolutely true. And I, I am more of a, of a podcast addict than a bookworm, but uh, yeah, that's, that's one of my, like, I listen to some like kind of sciencey podcasts and some like random facts podcasts and pop culture. And like, I just, every time something comes through my, my brain space that just kind of is like, Oh, that's cool. Like what you just said about the plants and the dust, like it makes so much sense having heard it, but like hearing it for the first time, I'm like, ah, like the little yeah. light moment. <laughs> that's oh. exactly how I felt. <laughs> Yeah, so so I, I love that. And like, if this ever did become like, if I ever do a live stream hat collecting, like those are the kinds of things I hope that it's just full of. <laughs> yeah, that question um, only. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the conversations I have with people in real life do tend to become that anyways, because I am just a treasure trove of those sorts of random bits. So um, I love it. Yeah. I, need to, I need to take a few pointers. That's <laughs> just the way that my brain works. I can't help it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a new question that I'm adding in here that we're, we're test driving it for the first time. Um, what is something that is not, and I should specify, this is this is m meaning high school, um, not, not college, although I guess kind of college could work as well. But what's something that is not taught in school that you think should be or like that you wish that you had learned? so many things. Um, one of them being taxes. How do I do my own taxes? Um, that would have been super helpful. And then also just learning, like just finance in general for day to day. Like I know they're kind of dated now, but writing a check, like writing my first check for my first landlord, I didn't really know how to do it. Like I knew a bit based on what my parents would write on their checks, you know, when you brought it for like a school field trip. Um, so things like that and just like setting up a bank account, what your what is a credit score, using your credit card, what all of that means. And then like the whole process of like, what does it look like when you apply for a mortgage? How do you get a house? Like all of those like adulting things that we just never got taught and you're supposed to just figure it out. And I feel like if there was some guideline in school where it wasn't biased, um, because I feel like if you go to a bank, they're just biased and they just want to sell you things. So <laughs> I wish there was a non-biased entity like school to teach you these things. Uh, 
quick little side note on the on the bank since you bring it up um i just want to like do a point of order how ludicrous it is that we have to pay banks to store our money for us yes <laughs> that makes no sense that actually is a good reminder i need to call my bank about some fee that they charge me like it's it's interesting though because like if you have a certain amount in there they'll waive the fee but basically it's like okay if you're like too poor then we're gonna charge you to like hold your money for you it depends like, on the bank um, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Some of them, it's like if you have multiple products and stuff with them, then they won't charge you a fee. But yeah. Yeah. I, I just had to to do some bank stuff recently. And I was thinking about that. And I'm like, I've been a TD customer like since I got my first bank account at like, you know, 14 or whatever yeah. age I was. And like, I've been like, I should walk in there and just be like, I'm like a 20 plus year customer. I'm going to take my money elsewhere. You waive that darn fee for me. And I yeah. just haven't. I just haven't tried and I, I don't know if it would work, but <laughs> like I should. Like it's even if it's only four bucks or whatever, it's still it's still the principle. It adds up. <laughs> That's forty-eight dollars a year. Quick math, thank you. No problem. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the one that works in in like math for, for by the day, but uh even I couldn't do that that quickly. <laughs> it's the times tables. That's what we did in like grade four or five, like but the minute math yeah, or whatever yeah. it was. So this next question, I guess a little bit related, um, what would you say or what do you think is the the best and the, the worst or the most positive and least positive aspects of modern technology? Best aspect is being able to connect to people internationally um, quickly and efficiently and just to stay in touch. Um, I think it's a downward spiral because at the same time, we're constantly comparing ourselves um and i think especially as women we do it far more than men i could be wrong but um yeah i just feel like we do it far more and we like forget that there's filters there's makeup there's all of these things and it's so hard especially when it's people that you know or people like i'm not talking about celebrities i'm talking about like people that you follow that you've met in person and it's like it's still so hard so hard yeah, I just saw a thing on, I think it was Twitter the other day, probably because it was bashing Facebook. Um, <laughs> they, were, they were saying how there was a thing about how Facebook is like, apparently they, they know that like, um, it's saying like specifically like teenage girls um, have a worse sense of uh, self-esteem or self-image or are more depressed because of that platform and the way that it works and just constantly... Uh, being shown things that you we have that just habit of we compare ourselves and um yeah i remember a few years ago that there was a thing about facebook uh admitting that they knew that it like their platform was bad for people's mental health just like just using it and like if if they know these things and they're saying them out loud then like why aren't we talking about that more? So um, yeah, it was like that documentary on Netflix. I forget what it's called now, but it was like dilemma. Yes. I haven't watched it yet, but yeah. Okay. So it touches upon all of that. And it's like CEOs and people high up who works for all of these various social media platforms, like Pinterest, like your, the way they designed your phone at like Google, it's like they made all of these apps incredibly addicting so that we're always on it. And they were yeah. a part of that, unfortunately. Yeah, there's, oh, this has come up, I think, once before, and I can't remember the guy's name, but there was a, a guy who I think did a, a 
blog post or a video on YouTube a while back, and it was about uh, like like ethical app design, and it was talking about that very thing about how apps are literally designed to be addictive and how that's like harmful for us. And he was saying like there's there's like um, uh, methodologies that could be implemented that. Uh, you could still make apps and they could still be useful and enjoyable to use, but they wouldn't be so like kind of unhealthy for us in certain ways. And I'll have to try to remember to look that up and put a link in the description here. Um, Cause that's definitely something like when I read that uh, it's uh, it really stuck with me like that one just, so I think actually it's in an, in an article I wrote a while ago, so I can probably dig that up, but um yeah, this this new technology question it's it's already provoked a couple of uh, good little mini discussions. So um, <laughs> that that's cool. The next question here is, um, what would you say are your two most dissimilar hats? And in this case, hats being uh, skills or interests. Um, I really enjoy knitting. <laughs> it's just something so random, but I love knitting and watching Netflix, especially in the wintertime. I think, yeah, I've knitted like an entire blanket um, that I use in the wintertime. I, yeah, created scarves and stuff like that. And then I would say also just being obsessed with the water. So I love scuba diving. Um I love traveling to go scuba diving <laughs> and I love surfing and any, pretty much anything and everything to do with the water. Yeah. When, when I was asking that question, I was just thinking back to how you were like, I'm a bookworm and an adrenaline junkie. And I'm like, but, <laughs> um, but again, that's, that's one of the magical things about this show is that like people are diverse and varied and, there's always something with each person where be like, I would not expect the person that does this or is into this to do this or be interested in that. And um, yeah, like I think sometimes people are actually surprised to find out that I'm into heavy metal because I don't seem like that kind of a person, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's just a little, little tidbit for, for the audience that may not already know that. Um, yeah. So we're going to get into the last few questions here a little bit more, Kind of like serious and heavy and emotional, I guess. Um, but uh, some really good insights come out of these. So the first question here, I've come up with the concept of hype hats and heavy hats. And um, hype hats, kind of pretty self-explanatory. The people that hype you up and um, kind of give you a boost and, and help you reach higher potential. And heavy hats are people that are the opposite. They tend to discourage you or... Um, slow you down or just kind of make you doubt yourself and we kind of all have them in our lives and it's a matter of how well we can identify them and you know put buffers or distance between us and the heavy hats and keep you know more of the hype hats around so what I like to ask is can you give an example you don't have to name any names you can be general if you want to but can you give an example of one of each so that we can kind of compare and contrast and ideally help the audience who might not be as uh, in tune with this stuff to um, be a little bit more aware for their own uh, life. Yeah. Um, I guess the hype hat, I'll start with the happier one first. Um, definitely everybody who's in the make lemonade community. I just want to shout out all of you. Um, you're the people who get it. And then everybody who is part of the profoundry group that I'm also a part of. Um, all of you are really like there and supportive. 
um, where it's like I get the constructive criticism because you get it um, and not just like, oh, well, that sucks. And I find there's not necessarily like one specific heavy hat, but I think there are a few people in my life who tend to look at things more logically, more real, realistically. And to me, they're more a a heavier hat because they just don't really get it or they're not in it. Um, They don't really understand. And I think that's where sort of the disconnect is. And so it's like, I pick and choose what I talk to them about with (laughs) is how I set that boundary. Yeah, I I totally relate to that as well. Like before I joined the Lemonade community, I was in a similar place. Like I had a few friends who were very supportive, but they just didn't quite get it. And like there's certain things that I could vent to them, but they would just be like, "Yeah, that does sound like it sucks." But they there was just that's not quite all of the the support that that I was kind of craving in those situations. And so having more people around me now who do get it and can relate and give kind of feedback or can kind of, you know, talk shop and just like, yeah, that, that makes you feel a little less kind of weight on you as, as an individual. Um, and I am still looking for more groups like that. So, um, yeah, I think I'll have to make a post in the lemon community later. Um, cause I've heard of a couple of other ones and I just need to, do the leg yeah to, they're just so uh, great for pulling you out of your own head like you're thinking this one thing and you just get this outside perspective that they get it and they're like you're not doing that and i'm like oh, okay yeah thanks <laughs> we're just yeah. rewording it in a way that makes it sound better yeah the next question here uh, we'd like to talk about mental health because it's something that everyone experiences to some degree and different things work for different people depending on you know, the way that they're wired or just their, their experience or their situation. Um, and so I like to ask, um, what, if any, uh, mental or perhaps physical, uh, health challenges have you faced in your life and what has worked for you to work through them? First and foremost is starting therapy. Um, finding a therapist. I was very lucky that the person, my therapist, I connected, with them um, immediately. And it wasn't like a, cause I've heard some stories of people going over and over trying to find the therapist that's right for them. And I was very lucky to find the first one who ended up being great. Um, so starting that, and then also having my therapist recommend um, DBT therapy um, just cause of all the, how deeply I feel my emotions and also how I react and, yeah, doing DBT group therapy actually was one of the best things that I've ever done. Um, That's completely changed my life. And so continuing to practice that. And that includes being more mindful and making sure that I'm not as vulnerable to certain, um, certain things like so I don't react as negative, not negatively, but just like how I don't want to (laughs) react is still feeling the feelings, still feeling anger, still feeling sadness, but not doing sort of like the destructive behaviors. Uh, once again, I relate. <laughs> this, ha- <laughs> this happens often on this show, and um, it's good because like sometimes these I don't really have to say much because like it's just like yeah, what you said. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's definitely like I'm also a very like emotional person, and uh, you know that's kind of been even more amplified in the last couple of years. So um, yeah, learning to kind of manage that a little bit better. 
Because no one teaches us. I'm like, why does nobody teach us this? Well, um, well th this is actually part of the kind of part of what we we talk about here. I'm sorry to cut you off. There. No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> but like part of uh, the relationship, quite like I, I've given this this preface for it before, and I give a little bit of a different preface each time. But uh, like you know, people talk about you know like the the privileges that various people have, and and kind mm -hmm. of if you get like, you know, whatever roll of the dice you get to kind of start your life with. And obviously some people get a better role than others. And I think for pe some people do get fortunate that they're, you know, born into or born to parents who are emotionally uh, or have emotional intelligence developed and have maybe already like done some of that uh, trauma therapy work already. And they can teach their kids uh, those those healthy habits. Um, but you know, a lot of us don't grow up that way. And so we have to unlearn and work these things out. And I, I think, you know, a lot of, again, a lot of people in my like kind of age group, my peer group, we talk a lot about this stuff and it's, you know, like better late than never. And again, that's why I like to try to raise awareness of it on this show for people you know, somebody's tuning in for the first time, maybe they've never kind of heard of this stuff before. I would be happy if they kind of come away from this with a little bit more like self insight or like, Oh, I, I should go and kind of look into this for myself. Um, yeah. <laughs> did you, I say, did you have a thought that you wanted to finish? I feel like I cut you off. No, no, no. Um, it's, I agree. I think, um, it was just like such a taboo thing that nobody really talked about or nobody knew what it was kind of like, all the soldiers who came back from war, they didn't understand what PTSD was, right? So it's it's a bit of like growth in a, there's a name for things now versus before there may not have been. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's so important now that, now that we are older and we are, and a lot of like my peers are having children, it's like they're able to then teach their children. Whereas like I find my parents didn't necessarily learn it themselves or don't know what it is or totally understand. And so it's a bit of a generational thing, but I think it's getting there. Yeah, that is, that's been my experience as well. So the next question here, uh, I like to talk about failure because again, it's something that most of us experience as well. Maybe the lucky few don't experience that much of it, but um, failure can be a good thing. Uh, that's what we like to focus on here because, you know, Hopefully you're, you're learning something from it and you can do better for the next time or maybe dodge a bullet if the case is the case may be. Um, so in, in your uh, life and your experiences, and you don't have to have like a perfect answer for this, but I guess just whatever maybe comes to mind first, but what's a time in your life that you, uh, something didn't go the way that you'd hoped or that you kind of failed at something big, but um, you learned a valuable lesson from it. And what was that? Um, I think we're going to bring it back to my business. I think starting a business around the events industry just before a global pandemic hit wasn't the smartest idea. Um, but I think it was, it kind of gave me that pause and the learning to figure out what is it that I want to offer? Why do I want to continue with this business? Um, I feel like there are so many nights, um, even recently, where I'm just like, oh, forget it. I just want to close up this business and like call it a day and just kind of go back to maybe the corporate world. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't necessarily see it as a failure as more learnings as you put it, Lacey. I think a lot of the time um, 
yeah, I just, I look at everything as like a life lesson, like probably shouldn't have done that, but it's fine. I'm still here. (laughs) I was going to say like, nobody knew that a pandemic was about to happen. So for people that, you know, just quit their jobs to start their own business or, you know, decide to move across the country or, you know, start new relationships or whatever the case may have been, you know, we kind of all had to just roll with it. And again, like we all had different uh, starting positions. So um, we all had to kind of adjust to different uh, degrees. But um, yeah, this, the, like I said, I, I'm, I'm happy to see that a lot of people have managed to make the best of it. Uh, or at least a lot of people have made some good of it. <laughs> um, that That's encouraging. I think we're, now that we're kind of a year and a half in, we've kind of, all I think adjusted somewhat to the situation, even though we're still, I feel like we're still kind of half in pandemic. Half Um, out. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) at least here in Ontario. Yeah. And so it's a little bit weird, but it's like, okay, we don't feel, I don't feel this like this crushing debilitating sense of like, Oh, I'm going to have to spend another winter, like never leaving my room, never leaving my apartment um like i'm vaccinated so like not to say that i'm like invincible but i'm definitely safer and you know can actually and we like know a lot now about it so it's there's a lot less kind of fear from uncertainty and definitely um i think that my my usual winter depression probably won't be as bad this year as it was last year the next question here we're we're we had a lot of kind of advice come from bits and pieces uh, in this interview, but I like to try and distill it down into something more kind of solid that people can take away. And so I like to ask the guests to give advice to three groups of people. Um, what advice would you give to a teenager? What advice would you give to somebody kind of in their thirties? And what advice would you give to somebody who's your parents or grandparents age? Um. I think to the teenagers is to actually to everybody is to actually have an open mind to advice or what people have to say from the various different age groups. Um, I think everybody is sort of stuck in their own ways, especially teenagers think they know the best. And looking back, I did not know everything. I should have listened to my parents a little bit more. But then also at the same time, I think there are things that my parents should have listened to me about a little bit more. And I feel like keeping sort of that open mind. And in the 30s, I feel like it's the same thing. We're kind of somewhere in the middle where we know a little bit more now, but not quite as much wisdom necessarily as our grandparents. Um, but I feel like we all get stuck in our own lane, our own viewpoint. And I think for everybody across the board is just having an open mind and listening to people who aren't the same age as you. Absolutely. And I, I like how, uh, how cleanly you distilled that down. Um, <laughs> Thank you're you. Good at that. You're, you're good at, uh, at, at consolidating things like that. Uh, I'm finding to kind of around the show here, are there any charities or causes uh, or specific charities or causes that you'd like to promote or raise awareness of? Um, I think one thing I wanted to point out, especially that I saw um, maybe a couple weeks ago is for Orange Shirt Day for the Indigenous peoples is to actually look into who's making those products um, and where that money is going. So just 
yeah, if you are supporting that cause, um, which I think everybody should, if you are able to, whether it is through a donation, purchasing products, or just purchasing from Indigenous folks, is that it actually is coming from Indigenous communities and peoples. Absolutely. Thank you for, for bringing that up. Um, that when, when is that orange shirt day? Exactly? I think it's, the, it's in October or it's like the last day of September. I'm really bad. Okay. And no, I just, I just want to make sure if this episode is going to come out in time for that. If not, um, just support the indigenous communities anyways. Yes, absolutely. And uh, as, as always on the show, I have a dedicated black lives matter button on the screen as that is something that the show stands in support of. And of course, um, trans LGBTQ rights. Um, those All the marginalized communities. Yeah, definitely. Um, so with that, uh, we will now do our plugs. And uh, I always let the guests go first here. So please tell us about uh, your, your website, your socials, anything that you want people to, to know about or find you online. Yeah, you can find more information about me and eco-friendly events. So our website is ecofriendlyevents.ca. You can find us on the various social media platforms at ecofriendly.events. And I actually have a free eco-friendly party planning guide. So if you are planning an in-person gathering anytime soon, whether it's just a backyard barbecue, a birthday party, um, there's always ways to reduce your impact. So you can download that guide on our website. Excellent. And uh, yeah, that will be up on the screen for the viewers. Um, and of course, in the, the link, the, the description. So yeah, my, my plugs here. Uh, I am, you can find me at ArtemisCreates.com. That's all the stuff that I do that's just me and not part of hat collecting. Um, you might notice I now have uh, two cool banners going on here in my, my new studio. Um, so that's, that's fun and exciting. Um, but they are technically two separate brands. Um, so I have, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have an overlay up on the screen because I, I have, uh, I'm on most platforms as Artemis Creates. I'm on a few as Hat Collecting, but uh, hatcollecting.com is the website for that, at Hat Collecting on social media. And yeah, I, um, I have some thoughts. Like I, I mentioned, uh, I think it was earlier, I mentioned doing like a live stream uh, or live episode. And that is something that I have been thinking about. It's been suggested to me before, and I'm just trying to figure out how exactly that might uh, might work, but um, it's something that I'm I'm intrigued about. So uh, I guess look forward to that potentially. And yeah, uh, for fan interaction, I like to ask uh, for you to if you're watching this on YouTube or perhaps on Odyssey, as uh, another website these episodes come out on. Um, what was your favorite thing from this episode? Whether it was like a, a little factoid or your favorite thing that we talked about. Um, just you know, leave a comment and, and let us know because I, I like to know what's resonating with people. Because um, again, the point of the show is for, for you. So with that said, um, slightly different format that I'm testing out now. Uh, we are going to the hat reveal is going to move to the Patreon, and we're going to have some some new questions there. We're going to try some new stuff and have a little bit of fun. But um, yeah, I, we are. I'm gonna. I'll have to do the outro line, and then we can. Uh, so what I'll do is I'll count us down three, two, one for the hat reveal. But I'm gonna do this part first. So the the, uh, the outro for this show is uh, stay curious and keep collecting those hats, and we will see you hopefully on the Patreon in three, two, one. <laughs>